What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roblox Podcast, presented by the Roblox Podcast. I'm Cap with the boys Andy and Coop. Fellas, how the hell are we? I'm definitely sober. I have not drank anything tonight, and I'm very coherent in what I'm in what I'm saying. Well said, Andy. <laughs> very co- co- coherent. <laughs> how you doing, Goopskies? Uh, I'm doing great. Honestly, before we hopped on this, uh, I checked my mailbox and I actually got my stimulus check. So, um, nice. the great future Hendrix once said, life is good. You know what I mean? <laughs> the yeah, Jimmy I mean. talking about the STEMI. I like it. Boys, yeah. do we have a lot to get to tonight? There's a lot to get to and it's been a little while for us. I was low-key thinking about doing an emergency podcast. But I think we got a lot for you here. We got our boy now, actually, he's probably been a friend of the program, Adam Baum, to talk Xavier. And then we've also just got a lot. I mean, it's a very horny podcast, a lot of college hoops to talk about. There's all kinds of stuff, guys. Paul Pierce, I mean, there's nothing off limits tonight. I mean, Except I think Andy probably having sex. That's probably it. I mean, no, a- Andy has not had sex in a while. So he's very horny, <laughs> much not like. Much like the FIU head co- uh, special teams coach, whatever the fuck he is. Special teams uh, coordinator. Special teams coordinator. So, you know, he's got got those, got those splits ready. And holy fuck, that did not make sense. <laughs> That's the best part of it. Let's get to the We intro. mean what you know. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? The gift that keeps on giving. Adam Baum is back in the building. Adam, what is good? Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Nowhere else I'd rather be on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but life is good, man. Spring has sprung. We got opening day. March Madness was awesome. Life is good, man. Hope you're, hope you're living well. Yeah, dude. Literally, as we speak, the Reds are just absolutely pile-driving the Pirates. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So, I've got <laughs> playing about Solid touchdown, two touchdown lead right now over Pittsburgh. So Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh by two touchdowns isn't something we get to see often. So I'm pretty excited about it too. Facts only. And we're not anti-fun around here like the MLB items. So if you need to throw a bat or two, uh, you can go nuts, man. We're we're a pro-fun podcast. (laughs) I appreciate that. You know, the MLB, they they talk a big game and every chance they get to make themselves look stupid, they take advantage of it. (laughs) Consistency is key, man. Consistency is key. You love it. So I figured we might as well just get to the biggest topic. So massive Xavier news, uh, at least since I've been a fan, which is a long time, probably 2004. One of the biggest offseason news that I can remember, Paul Scrooge coming back for a fifth year, super senior, just like me in high school. Um, What's the thought process in Cintas right now? Maybe expectations. And and what did you think when you saw Paul Scrooge was returning? You know, this was uh, one of these things where I I think – you know, we would talk about it or it would be brought up during the course of the season. And my initial thought was like, no, there's, there's no chance. Like he, he's been here four years. What, what more does he have to give to this place? And then, 
you know, the season ends and you start talking to people and it's like, well, you know, he's actually thinking about it. And I was surprised by that because I didn't think that there was any way in hell that, that he was going to come back and do it again. And credit to him, man. I mean, I think it, it's everything that we've always known about Paul is just like supreme competitor. And I think you, you look at the way that last season ended, you look at the way that the season prior to that ended, and it's like he's he's just built different, dude. I, I don't know what else to say about him. But from like a roster standpoint, it's huge because, you know, one of the things I thought that got in the way of Xavier a little bit this past year was like you, you want to get older. You want to have a roster that ages together and, and is together and they grow together a little bit. And I think with Paul coming back, dude, it's like they have that now. You know, they, they have a guy back who's so important to everything that they want to do. And, you know, it, it bodes really well, obviously. And I, I had a conversation with someone, you know, the day that he announced it. And it's like Dwan was cool with it. Colby was cool with it. Adam Kunkel was cool with it. Like all those other guys that – that, you know, because we saw what happened with C.J. Wiltshire when Nate Johnson announced he was coming back. And it's like that I think now that this is a, another thing that you have to be concerned about with, with everything that's going on in college basketball is like, are people going to be upset that he's coming back, that there's some playing time disappearing? But from what it sounds like, man, it's like everyone's on board with it. So I think it, it gives them some positive momentum going into the offseason. That is awesome. And it seems like they built a heck of a culture. It seems like that's something that, in my opinion, Travis Steele has been prioritizing. And I think that's, that's interesting, seeing guys that want to play with each other, especially with Scruggs. I mean, he's going to be the focal point again. And uh, so you think about that, you think about Nate Johnson returning as well. I mean, X probably looks to have, I mean, you would think from an expectation standpoint, one of the best backcourts in the Big East. Um, and in my opinion, that kind of vaults them into what I would think would be top 25 expectations. Um, any kind of a, a, a gauge on what expectations might be uh, from the coaching staff now that Scruggs and Johnson are coming back? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that expectations, you know, if, if Travis Steele were on the roll blob pod right now, he'd say, you know, the expectations don't change. Yeah. You know, he'd give you a nice uh, a coach speak. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, honestly, you look at it, man, and like, you look around the rest of the Big East, and, and it's kind of hard to predict right now because of the transfer portal. Like, you're seeing Seton Hall get guys, and, and St. John's has lost a bunch. They've also added some. So it's like it, right now, you know, finger on the pulse of what the Big East might look like next year. But, you know, just on paper, I know Xavier has to add some, some pieces here, particularly, you know, some big men. Um, but – you know, I, I would think top three, in my opinion, yeah. like you should probably be in that upper echelon of the big East next year with, with considering you have six of your top seven guys coming back in terms of minutes played, you've got your top six scorers all back. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting dude. we're, we're going to see what they can do because I know uh, Xavier fans are, they're running out of patience here, dude. That you know, it's true. funny. I saw a, a tweet that someone said Xavier is one transfer portal guy away from being a top 10 team. And then someone replied and said, yeah, every high major D1 team can say that right now. One transfer player away from being like just way better. But it is really cool to see just like, I mean, just how much different it is compared to years past with the transfer portal and everything like that. And I mean, it's almost like recruiting players that have already been recruited and stuff I mean it's just I don't know it's mind-blowing just how 
like prominent the transfer portals become over the last few years. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you talk to, to the coach about it and and their response is like, previously the goal was always, hey, you want to recruit good players, bring them in, develop them and get, get them to stick around for four years. Well, now it's like, now it's like your your roster from year to year is going to be drastically different. It feels like, you know, you're the I think that the teams that are going to be successful and that are going to go on runs late in the season are going to be the ones that have had guys who have been together for a while that have sort of figured out how to play together with one another. But you're right. It's like if you can add one or two really good pieces year after year, I know it's it's hard to hit on everyone. Um, if you look at Travis Steele's track record just since he became head coach, it's like it's kind of a coin flip whether or not uh, a transfer is going to work out to the way that, that people expect. But I couldn't agree more, dude. It's like you you find the right couple of guys from year after year, and it's like – that's that's a new wrinkle. That's something that, that wasn't necessarily the case years ago. Yeah, I will say I don't envy Rick Browering. Like when someone brings up like an individual transfer's name, I'm like, dudes, there's a thousand there's a thousand dudes in the portal. And you know, like it's so funny because Steele's gonna talk to anybody. Like everyone's gonna get a text from Travis Steele. Like he's gonna put out the feelers with everyone. I just don't envy Rick Browering must get your report at all. That is a uh, hell of a transfer portal. Hope they're well in their masks in there. It's it's bad. No, there's uh there's a there's a good reason why I don't try to do what Rick does because it's absolutely mind-boggling to me all the names that you have to keep track of and then on top of that just how quickly things can change like Rick could literally post a story this morning about like oh here are some names to keep an eye on and by the day's end there could be new guys in the portal or new teams talking to those guys. It's like stuff changes in such a hurry. That's why it's like for me and my sanity, I'm just like, I'm going to wait until it's done deal. And then I'm going to do my work. I can't try to be like, all right, here's, here's what I'm hearing. You know, that it's just a slippery slope for me. I don't, I give credit though for trying to handle it. That's the right call. Recruiting, I think, is fun. I actually like enjoy following recruiting. So you can, like, normally see a 20 to 30, 40 names. And a lot of times, a lot of those guys will make it to, like, the priority recruits. With transfers, I remember with Nate Johnson last year. I mean, I heard his name, and he was, like, committed in, like, a week. This stuff's going to move really, really fast. So I think that's definitely the right call. And <laughs> not following every single name out of over 1,000. Uh, we'll get to kind of Xavier's priorities here in a second. But kind of like with the transfer portal, we kind of got a little bit of a coaching portal going on, too. Uh, Matt Graves, special assistant on the way out. Ben Johnson gets a huge gig, and congrats to him. Get the head job at Minnesota, which is awesome. And then there's also some tr- some rumors right now with Jonas Hayes and, and potentially Tennessee and things like that. Um, you don't have to maybe get into names or anything like that because that might be arbitrary. But um, anything that maybe Xavier's looking at as far as like a coaching style or, or maybe someone that specializes in a certain thing, um, if you have any kind of gauge of what they're looking for to maybe fill some of those holes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that the biggest thing for them is they want someone that that almost complements who they already have on staff. You know, you don't – when you put together a staff and you bring these guys together, you know, that's one of the things that I really liked about, you know, the the Ben Johnson piece when he was there was, like, they they really congealed. They, they worked well together. They kind of bounced off another one another the right way. But in terms of, like, a style, I think you're going to see them add another type of a, almost a guard or a wing coach, you know, which is what Ben did. But it's really interesting because, you know, I talked to Travis Steele about this and it's like you have to be strategic with with who you go after here because, like, you need a guy who can recruit. 
you also need a guy who can be like a good X's and O's. So it's like when you try to, to try to pick a guy to, to join your staff, it's like, what exactly are you looking for? And I think that, that right now Travis is taking his time. He's, uh, he's trying to find the right fit. He's trying to find a guy that can kind of fill both of those buckets, you know, a guy that can recruit and a guy that's solid X's and O's wise, because that's what Ben Johnson was. He, he could do both those things really well. So, you know, I know that, that the list is getting shorter. I, I, I wish I could send some names your way and, and tell you that it's going to be one of these guys. But I do know um, I had a conversation at the end of last week, and it's like there are, there are uh, a handful of guys that are like they're burning up some, uh, some text messages, some phone calls. Like they, they're invested and they want to be here. So it's like it, it's pretty cool that, that guys are eager to get into that seat and to join the staff the way that they are. Now, do you think one of the uh, – sorry, Cap. Do you You're think good. one of the interview questions Travis Steele might ask for future assistant coaches is, say you're locked in the bathroom with a <laughs> bunch of other assistant coaches. <laughs> what do you do in that situation? That, you know what? That could be – that might be at the top of his list, you know? Are you going to yeah. handle your pressure when the door locks? Um, do you have any lockpick skills on you? Right. These you are never all know valuable when things. things. One hundred percent. Yeah. If you don't mind, I think if you asked him that, I think uh, that's something that would be at least nice for fans like us to know. Exactly. Absolutely. I'll do you one better. When when they do name the new assistant and I finally get him on the phone, that will be something that I press him on in the interview about um, if that came up in the process, mm -hmm. what he would do in that scenario, if he's ever been, you know, locked up like that before because I think it's a right. very revealing scenario like you can learn a lot about someone when when things go haywire like that so <laughs> I think offering those questions with no prior context would be the way to go about exactly. it yeah we don't yeah. want to pad him we don't want to no no I'm sure Rams, he heard about it though. the Rams hired that coach to be the pullback coach guy I, I think they need someone to just keep an eye on Dante you know you just need to follow Dante around and keep him out of trouble because it's gonna happen He's liable to break something, dude. He just walks around Cintas acting like he can just slam doors, break windows. He owns that place pretty much. So he's earned that right, I guess. I love it. He's got oh, a yeah. the shade, man. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so we were talking about transfers before, and I think I have a bit of an idea here, and I think we, we do, but kind of any sense of direction you can kind of see maybe the staff prioritizing um, as in the transfer portal, maybe something they're looking to improve next year. I know that they're, they're all over a four, man. Like uh, – I know, you know, not to, to be disrespectful, but like that was an area that I felt like in retrospect, you know, Jason Carter's not around anymore, but he's going back to Ohio. That was something that that was a little bit of a hole. And, you know, Jason did a lot of things that that I think weren't necessarily appreciated. Um, I think a lot of people got frustrated by like, you know, the other side of his game, the sort of the the lack of confidence offensively, the, the shot selection things, which are all, is all fair criticism. Um, but I know for from the conversations that I've had that Xavier feels like there's been a little bit of a lack of toughness around the basket, yeah. particularly this past year without Tyreek Jones. Um, so I know that they're looking for a, a big physical four-man. And, and, you know, if you can get a guy that, that's versatile, even better. But, like, I know that that's a big priority right now is finding someone 
who can compete with the Big East big men. Um, so I feel like that's the top of the list, honestly. It was interesting to hear you say that. That was actually a question I had, kind of like a point of emphasis change, um, because that was interesting. And it's kind of interesting to see how they're going to go. And, like, I'm interested to see if Fremantle's going to play more time at the five again or if they're going to slide him down to the four a little bit, maybe put a tough five in, or a tough, or tougher, bigger guy at the five. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes and kind of – I think this transfer portal is going to show a lot of that emphasis and kind of how they plan on going forward. Well, and that's kind of the benefit of a guy like Zach Fremantle is that – if you, if you need him to, to step out and play away from the basket, he can do that. If you need him around the basket, I know that that's not necessarily his strength right now. But, you know, I, I spoke to, to Travis on Selection Sunday later that night, and, you know, I just sort of asked him a, a similar question to what you just asked right now was about toughness. And, and you know, he said he wants Freeman to put on 15 pounds of muscle. So I think I think part of it is like, he wants Fremantle to, to sort of bring a little bit more of that physical edge to, to sort of bring that muscle inside. But like, if you can find it somewhere else to help out, I mean, all the better. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like you said, I think Fremantle got a bit of a tough, a tough go from the fan base a little bit. I mean, he was a sophomore going from about seven, eight minutes a game to like 35, you know, and I think him yeah. trying to, I think it was a lot of it was foul trouble as much as, and learning how to play 35 minutes and be counted on game in and game out more than toughness, in my opinion. I, mean, I think we saw that a lot from him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that goes. But I think he's a budding star. And I thought he got a little bit of a tough, a tough go for a sophomore for the expectations that he had this year. Well, and if you think about it from this perspective, like he was a sophomore. And his whole freshman year, he had Tyreek Jones out there who was going to body up the, the biggest, toughest dude on the other team. So it's like this was really his first year where that was his assignment, where he had to sort of body Theo John and, and go toe-to-toe with Ike Obiagi, you know, a seven-foot-two dude from Seton Hall. It's like that is an adjustment. And, um, you know, and I don't think he was necessarily awful. I just think that that, that was a little bit of a wake-up call for him, you know, that that's, that's an important thing that he needs to do, and they need him to do it well. So, you know, that's, a, that's on his off-season to-do list, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Same, same with me. Same with me. Uh, Um, So let's talk real quick, kind of going to the next season. We look at this roster. I don't know if maybe Travis had anything about this. Um, So a lot of roster turnover, obviously, Wiltshire and Kiki um, gone, Ramsey as well. Um, You look at this roster and what's coming in. Are there any breakout player candidates that you have maybe next year? Anyone you got your eye on that you could see maybe, maybe stepping into a a new, more expanded role? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that the, the two freshmen are both interesting. Obviously, I haven't seen the play, but the conversations that I've had lead me to believe that, that they feel like these guys can both play at this level, that they can both be productive guys who impact winning. I mean, you know, there was a, uh, a Travis Steele radio show earlier this year where Jonas Hayes was a, a guest, on it, and he talked about these two guys, and it's like you hear, you hear him talk about them, and he's such a good salesman anyway. Um, but it's like, it's hard not to be a little bit excited. And now the thing about it is like, they are going to be freshmen and, you know, that means that there's going to be some growing pains, but there's also going to be an opportunity for them to, to do some things like Colby and Juan did this past year. Um, Cesar is uh 6'10 and from everything I've heard, you know, he's a guy that that's very versatile. Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot, yeah. Everyone else is looking for him. We found him. <laughs> and then Elijah is like, you know, I think he's a scorer, dude. I think, you know, 
you talk about toughness and physicality, just seeing pictures of him, I'm going to guess he's going to need the, the Matt Jennings treatment once he gets on campus. But um, he's a little bit skinny right now. But it looks like he's got a lot of game for a dude that's 6'8 and can do a bunch of different things. So now, you know, the last guy that, that I'm sort of curious about is Deontay Miles. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember, but it was like back in January – um, I think that Xavier was getting ready to go play at Butler. And, you know, for some reason, Deontay's name came up in the pregame press conference and, and Steele said that he was actually leading the Xavier way that week in practice, like after four practices, which is, it kind of gets your attention. You know, when you, when you hear a new guy like that is leading the, the practice points, but he didn't play in that game, and then he got hurt and basically was out the rest of the year. So he's had his redshirt season last year cut short by injury. He had this past year, his redshirt freshman year cut short by injury. I think that if he can get healthy, if he can get a little bit stronger, I still love what he can bring because he's like <clears> – excuse me. You got to see him a little bit uh, this past year, 6'10", really mobile – um, and, you know, if he could be a guy that could help out down low, I think that that's huge. And, you know, I think it's probably got to be this year for him because just the way things are going with transfer portal and all that stuff, it's like if he doesn't get a chance this year, it's hard to imagine that he's going to stick around. But that would be, that's kind of my one dark horse is what, what emerges with Deontay Miles. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think he complements the roster very, very well. Like, I think what he does is, is just complements Fremantle and what else they have really, really well. So I'm excited for, for Deontay as well. I think he could be also like a, a backline rim, def like rim defender like we haven't had since Zach Hankins, uh, which kind of on an undersized yeah. roster. I mean, Cesar's coming in. Um, but I think that could be really useful with what we have. Um, okay, so CentOS still exists, right? That building is still oh, yeah. there? It's still okay. there. Per source. Yeah. Per source, per source. I'll have to talk to Marcus Walters about that. It's that uh, vaccination <laughs> vaccination clinic, is it not? It is. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's really weird. Like, I think the, the vaccination line, it, like, it, it runs along, um, you know, I don't know the geography per se, but it's like there's a big window that overlooks the practice gym. And I've had people sending me pictures on Twitter of like players in there shooting free throws and stuff. They're waiting in line for their vaccines. So it's like a lot of people that have gone to CentOS to get their vaccines have, have seen more of the players this off season than I have. So I'm a little bit jealous by that. So either way, there's a lot of shots being taken inside of CentOS. A lot. Yep. And they're all going in. <laughs> I love it. Coop, let me know when we're scheduling ours. So that's going down. There's, I feel like every year with CentOS, I think they've done such a good job keeping it up. I mean, the building's getting old now. It's about as old as, as me and Coop. That building was made in, in 2000. Um, Don't which tell is, me that. Which is wild. <laughs> that's cat. That's cat. <laughs> but is there any talk about maybe possible renovations or getting prepared for fans? You maybe even – I know it's a while out, but are they preparing for, like, some kind of capacity or, or anything going on in CentOS? Yeah, definitely they are. Um, I think that one of the, the things that is interesting in the world of sports right now is, like, everyone's sort of waiting to see what happens next. Like, what is the next shoe to – like, I, I know the other night, I think it was last night, the Rangers let in, like, a, a full-capacity stadium for a baseball game. Um, 
and I know from when it was happening during the season, like they're looking at, Hey, what's the NHL going to do later this summer? What's the NBA going to do later this summer? Like there are all these other pieces that need to fall into place before you start looking at, Hey, how many are we going to be able to get in there? What's it going to look like? So I know every time I bring this up with people at Xavier, they're always like, well, you know, we're sort of waiting to see what the next domino to fall is because you know, like the the Reds are a perfect example. I think they got what thirty percent or thirty three percent. It's like a third to mm-hmm. be in for this year, and it's like, what's college football going to do? What are you know? What are the next things in line that are going to dictate what Xavier's allowed to do? But I know that they are planning on on having fans in the stands. I just don't know what the number is going to be or what it's going to look like. I, you know, I hope that if if we have you know a vaccination number that that everyone's really comfortable with, like, it, it would be cool to see it filled up again. I know, you know, just selfishly speaking, like, it's way more fun to cover a game when that place is packed, you know? I, I can't wait for life. You know, I miss it so much. Adam, do you have the Cap and Andy uh, cardboard cutouts in your home right now? The There's uh, I'm in conversation with someone at Xavier, um, you know, because I, I was curious what's going to happen to all those car, those cutouts? Um, you know, I'd love to get my hands on a few of them, you know, <laughs> one that would look really nice in my place. So cap and Andy would be, you know, maybe Joe Burrow surrounded by cap and Andy. I think that would be perfect. That's the cap dream team right it. there. Yeah. There's no way they threw them away. Like they, they had to have done something with it. Oh, I, I bet the day after the last game of Sintas, they're just getting rid of cap and Andy. Okay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> First one in the dumpster. (laughs) Right in the shredder. (laughs) Yeah. Over it. Okay. Um, And then my last little question. um, Okay. What did you think about NCAA tournament? I have to ask you about Mick Cronin. That was just unbelievable. What a run. Chuck and Bose. What the heck did you think about that? And you're a Cincinnati guy. How cool was that to see? Oh, oh my God. Hep. I mean, Hep was like the story. Hep was Sister Rose this year. What, what did you yeah. think about that run, man? That was incredible. I thought it was cool. And, you know, here, here's the thing about, like, the NCAA tournament or March Madness that ever since I was a little kid that I loved about it and I still love about it today is, like, when, when something unexpected like that happens and it's, like, you know, there are a lot of years, you know, like Ebeling Christian knocks off Texas where, where it's like one team wins the game and then, you know, they get smoked the next one. But it's like to see a team like, like Mick and, and the Bruins put it together for like four games, five games in a row in, in the NCAA tournament, like Xavier hasn't, you know, been there in a while in that scenario. But it's like, I remember when Xavier did it way back when, and it's always fun, dude. Like, even if you don't know anything about them or, like Oral Roberts was was just a joy this year, <laughs> but as for like Mick, um, I don't know. You know, it's like it's a little bit weird because I feel like it, there's such a weird relationship with him in Cincinnati now. Yeah. Even not even mm-hmm. like the city as a whole. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like part of me is like really happy that that he got to have that moment because I felt like he he stumbled so many times when, when he was at UC. And then another part of me is like, I know, what are you doing? Like, how did you figure this out this year? And like, do this, like it, but it's hard to figure out like how it happens the way that it did that you can go 
13, 14 years just being abysmal on the biggest stage. And then you just flip a switch out of nowhere. And it's like, you're, I mean, they very well could have beaten Gonzaga and been playing last night. Like that, it was, it was cool though, man. And then how good Hollywood magic. I mean, that was one of the best games I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, it was, it was supreme, dude. It was like everything you dream about in a basketball game sort of happened in that one. It was just – it stunk just because it felt like it just robbed the, the championship. That felt like a championship. That felt like, you know, USA beats Russia. You know what I mean? Like, it, it felt like – it felt like the championship game. It was that good. But, oh, my goodness. Mick, and I'll be honest, I, uh, I know it's going to sound like, uh, like I can predict the future or whatever, but I had the exact same thought. I remember watching the end of UCLA Gonzaga thinking there is not a snowball's chance in hell that Gonzaga and Baylor is going to live up to that game right there. Like there's no way that they're going to have two awesome games back to back in the final four in the final. Like it just, it did kind of put a damper on, on last night's events, honestly. I mean, an in, in overtime yeah. game against Mick Cronin and then a 48 hour turnaround, you got to go against, Oh my God. I mean, yeah, dude. And then, if you saw the Mick press conference, you said we won. I was watching the Gonzaga Baylor game. Like maybe they did win. Cause yeah, they kicked the shit out of an Irish. He put an Irish curse on the Zags, man. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Fighting Mick Cronin's man, that's nuts. Um, Coop, I was gonna get into wrap up unless you have any more questions, brother. Not right off the top of my head, other than, and I could actually use both of your guys' advice. So I had a bracket challenge. It was just me, my two roommates, and my girlfriend. Now, I watch college basketball year-round. My two roommates are casual fans. My girlfriend has not watched a single college basketball game ever. So, naturally, she destroys us in the bracket. I mean, she her score was like 1,040. Mine was 480. I mean, she it was a boat race. Like, she destroyed us, especially me. And, like, I don't know how to talk to her about it. <laughs> No, that's, I mean, that's a real world problem right there. I mean, uh, I think, I think part of your problem, Coop, is like, you might be a genius and I can just, I can see you making your picks and just overthinking everything. You're, you know, this is like, I don't fill out brackets anymore. And I also don't bet on games because I'm awful at it. Um, But there's this thing that happens in my own brain where sometimes I think that I know more than I really do. And Mm -hmm. the story you just told with your girlfriend is a perfect example in that sometimes your brain leads you down a road that you don't, that you should not go down. Um, But as for how you bridge that gap and sort of talk to her about it, um, I don't know, Cap, what do you think? Well, Coop, I don't know about how your relationship works, but I know in mine, that would just be a good call. So I'm starting to think that was a move on your part to erase her spirits and just put you in good light. I think it was, yeah, you're playing chess. That's what I think it was. And and good on you. I'm sure that was part of the plan. I'm sure back behind closed doors, you had the answer key. You know what I'm saying? But like, (laughs) good on you, Coop. I mean, that's relationship one-on-one right there. Great work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) All part of the Well, how different – how different would things have been for you, Coop, if the Buckeyes didn't stumble early like that, though? <laughs> yeah, Ohio State was in my final four. It would have made a huge difference. It would have so, made a sizable difference. Okay. And Illinois was my champion, so that kind of hurt. So, yeah. So you didn't have the Big Ten going like one and nine? 
No, not at all. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have four Big Ten teams in the Final Four like a ton of people did. But, yeah, it was, it was a bad look. It was a bad bracket for me. Hey, <laughs> you've got to go 16-0 and 0, 0 and 16, Coop. And, you know, you went 0-16, get a good draft pick, right, we right. go next year. Yeah, you'll be good. Just don't go yeah, that's a good point. You don't need any Steve Fishers around here. Jeff Fisher, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Fisher was an old Michigan coach. All right, Adam Baum. Okay, so Adam did an awesome article at the end of the season, kind of a recap. And I know that's out of your wheelhouse. And I just want to say I appreciate all you've done. Um, really, really good article. It's a dollar. I subscribed actually this week. Um, it's, it's awesome content. We're in there, boys. And uh, so collision course, Andy's stealing my login probably in like a, a day or two when he, when he listens to this. Uh, he had my musketeer you know login for like a year. You know what I'm willing uh, to do for Andy? I'm willing to Venmo him a dollar so that he can get a subscription. I think, <laughs> I think that's a fair deal. As long as he signs up on one of my stories, that helps me out. So I think we could come to some sort of arrangement here. You're He's, a good man. Right now at the Reds game, though. But that was an awesome article, and, and I just want to – I'll show appreciation here in a second, but um, is there any content that maybe you want to plug or anything you're excited about coming out here in a little bit? Um, yeah, you know, I've got, I've got some things that some, – some things that are cooking here, you know. It, it's really weird, though. I think before we actually, you know, hit record and got going um, – you know, we were talking about how weird this offseason is and how a lot of days it's like I'm sort of sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. You know, I'm, I've annoyed people so much up at Xavier that, that, you know, people don't return my text right now. That's how annoying I've had to be. But it's like that's, that's how weird this offseason is, dude. It's like I'm curious what's going on with Jonas Hayes. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what transfers they're going to land. Who's the new assistant going to be? What are they going to do with Matthew Graves' spot? There's like, there's all these things going on and I have to try to be patient and wait for them to happen. Uh, and it's not the easiest thing in the world, but I do have some other cool stuff coming up. Honestly, uh, you know, I, the last time I was on, we talked about the, the TBT team and that's, that's something that's on my list. So uh, I look at like, how that team came to be and, and, and another thing, I know you're a Navy man, so I'm giving away a little bit of a scoop here, but no one is going to do this because it's going to be a tremendous amount of work on my part. But um, there's a, a guy named Phil Bucklew. Does that name ring a bell? It sounds really familiar. Okay. He's, he's widely regarded as a, uh, one of the godfathers of the Navy SEALs. Oh, okay, cool. And he, he went to Xavier, and he was a football coach at Xavier, like way back when they still had football. Um, so, you know, I think that that's kind of an interesting thing that, like, this guy who's, you know, essentially famous in the Navy um, is a Xavier guy. I, unfortunately, he passed away, I think, in, like, 1992 or something, but he served in, like, three wars. Um, so. Matt Jennings is actually helping me with this story. He was the one who tipped me off to it. So it's going to be a lot of work, but that's one that I'm excited about. That's a nice little off-season story. So, um, you know, I got my work cut out for me, though. That's a story. If you need some Navy terminology, I got you. It's a whole other language. You're, my, you're, you're at the top of that list, you know? Yeah, if you, if you need anything, I got the plug for you. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to show some gratitude, man. You, you've put out fantastic content all season. And I know it was a tough year, and I know navigating that was, was weird. And we had a, sh a short conversation just about this not being your 
like wheelhouse, you know what I mean? Kind of being a, like a bit of a fish out of water with like some of the, the tougher stuff that, that was. And I think that's part of being a proud basketball program. I mean, there's the expectations are really, really high. Um, and then same for, same for me. I mean, this is the toughest three-year stretch by a mile that I can yeah. experience in being a Zayer fan my entire life. So I just wanted to show appreciation. I know it's been a tough year and um, I, I know it was a lot navigating that this year. And, and yeah. we, we definitely appreciate all you do. I appreciate you saying that. And I'll tell you what it is. You know, I got a couple more minutes if you don't mind, but um, it's like, it's this really weird thing that I have to do where it's like, I have to talk to people about their failures and then I have to write about it. And it's, it's an unsettling thing for me because it's like, on one hand, I know I'm not perfect and I make mistakes all the time and I don't have like, I don't have people asking me about it. I certainly don't have people writing stories about it. Um, so it's like, that's something that, that I'm still trying to navigate and figure out how to do and how to do it well, because you're right. Like this was a weird year and you know, the way that it ended was like, it was hard for them to talk about. It was hard for me to ask about. So, you know, I, I think I'm not a Xavier fan, but like selfishly, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a great year next year, you know? Oh. I know, man. And like, I remember when Pat Brennan was on the beat, we had the huge elite eight run, especially like, and it's always good to be good, but like, especially when you have no expectations, you know what I mean? We got an 11 seed. So when you're an 11 seed, if it's, if you win a game house month, you know what I mean? And then to go all the way to lead eight. I mean, it was a party dude. Like, and I just, I'm really looking forward because I know that moment's going to come again. I mean, you know, this program's too good for it not to. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. So I remember I was excited for my Bill Murray moment. I'm excited for my Adam bomb moment. Cause we're going to have a moment. It's going to, cause that's, what's going to be so much fun, especially for you. I think about people like you, I think about like the transfers and stuff. Like I want, I want everyone to have their moment and I'm excited for yeah. the Adam bomb moment. I agree. That, w- that would be fun. We'd, uh, we'd certainly have to celebrate that with some <laughs> at some point. Uh, if you want free drinks, just hit up cap the next time Xavier goes like the sweet 16, because I will drain like my entire bank account. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I love me some Xavier basketball, man. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> I can't wait. Hell yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. But but thanks again as always, man. And uh, just a so pleasure. What, what are you? Uh, Good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for. Having me. I was curious, you know, with college basketball season done, like where do you guys turn your attention to now? Like, uh, not in terms of just the podcast, but like, do you do you go in on all in on like watching Major League Baseball? Like, do you go NBA? Like, <laughs> what do you do now with your time? You want to start, Coop? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm a big Reds fan. I love watching baseball. And, you know, we were just having a baseball discussion, I think, on our uh, last podcast. And I was reminding Cap and Andy, as we were talking about opening day, that baseball is simply just trying to run in diamond shapes more than the other team. And to me, that's exciting. Cap, I think he would rather like mow the grass with like scissors or something than watch baseball. So I don't have a clue what Cap's going to do other than get on Twitter or something. But yeah, I'm going to try to watch all 162 for the Reds this year at least. Well, we'll see how they are in July. And that's usually whenever it's like I make a decision to keep watching or take up extra hours or something. But I don't know what Cap's going to do, though. That's my plan, though. Um, I do like baseball and it's, it's, it's my shtick. You know what I mean? I like baseball. It's just my brand, my shtick to shit on baseball. That's just, it's, it's a joke. But, and here's my thing with like, I'm an all in or all out kind of person. And part of me is just like, it's like when someone recommends a Netflix show, that's 15 seasons. I'm like, 
do I really want to watch commit to 15 seasons of some fucking show? It's a long season. You know what I mean? I'm just like, man, do I really want to get invested in the following? And and Cincinnati pro sports have broken my heart so many times. Uh, It's hard for me to keep, like, this is one thing about Xavier, like, and maybe I'm going too far down to rabbit hole, but whatever. I always trust like the goal is winning. You know what I mean? In professional sports, sometimes I'm like soured. I'm like, is the goal really to win here? Or are we just trying to make a profit? You know, so sometimes like pro sports to me are a little, like I'll only be a diehard Xavier fan probably the rest of my life. I do like baseball. I'm kind of trying to dabble a little bit, get my feet in the water, but I got to up my memes, Adam. So right now I'm just like filling my meme calendar, you know, filling up my, my photos, you know, taking all the gigs on my cell phone because I was ready to watch Adam. I was ready. The meme board, dude. Yeah, you, get the memes going, and uh, then TVT is going to be my focus. Uh, Rick and I have been talking about seriously now, uh, getting everything going and uh, talking to White Shadow and getting stuff going. Who's uh, maybe JP Makura, um, and just kind of starting <laughs> starting to get things rolling there. That's going to be our focus. But yesterday, I was just kind of chilling like Thanos, you know. After he like does all his things, just looking out proud. You know what I mean? Like, man, I, I watched every single game of March Madness, man. So I was just like proud of it for a day, and now we get back to work. But TVT memes dabbling a little bit and i do love the nba so um, i'm looking forward to uh seeing what's going on there. Nice. now what will you uh what will you guys do podcast wise will you have to just try to get a little bit more creative and how you how you go about your episodes in the off season because this is this is your first off season with the pod right we started it was just andy and i we actually started towards the end of last off season i think we had like a month of off season What's nuts, man, is I've always been super into recruiting. And it was wild because we talked way more last offseason, which is, which is wild. Um, yeah. for, for whatever reason, we just love getting into, like, the speculation. I love getting into transfers and, and expectations. And I think with this year's group, too, a lot of guys stepping into new roles. Like, I'm excited for Dwan and Colby. Uh, and we're going to stay busy. We also love the NBA. We love everything. So, um, And then also, too, I mean, our, our show is, like, 20% sports. The rest is just BS. So, uh, yeah. plenty of BS. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> plenty of bs but no it's gonna be fun man and, and this is gonna be an eventful offseason for xavier i believe too so uh, i think there's gonna be plenty to talk about yeah for sure you uh keep up the good work fellas and you know if you need me to come back at some point i'd be happy to hopefully we have you know we have some more topics to to really sink our teeth into i'm sure that we will at some point yeah definitely i'm just shocked every time you want to come back out like I'm like, man, am I going to message bomb again and annoy him? But, like, you hit me up, like, hey, when I come back on, I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I like talking to you guys. Um, you know, I've, I've been on some other podcasts where, you know, it's, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just that it's, they're just sort of similar to, to everyone else. And it's like, you know, I feel like you guys have tried to do something a little bit different, and I appreciate that, so. Yeah, definitely. We want this to be the least stressful thing that anyone ever does ever. Like part of me thought about like when we bring Rick on, we don't even ask Rick about like anything real. We just like pretend like the audience no, wants updates and we just kind of use this as like Rick's therapy couch. So that's what I'm kind of trying to, I act like we want Xavier content from you bomb, but I'm trying to form this into like Adam's therapy couch where you can just kind of just let the shit off. Like all the, you know what I mean? Just dump whatever you need to. And we're just like, like Andy was your meat shield on Twitter for a couple of days. Like we're just, you know, know, your safe space just to come and just, you know, whatever Adam needs, man. <laughs> I think I, I I think I need to buy Andy a beer for that because you know there there were a couple dicey moments this year where my relationship with Twitter it was rocky um, you know and honestly like I I think a big part of the reason why I wanted to take those breaks was because I don't like feeling like I'm so attached to this one thing like you know 
like during the season, if you looked at my cell phone usage and like how much time I'm on Twitter, it's like, there is nothing healthy about it. It is, it is absolute absurdity. And then on top of it, like you go down some weird rabbit holes on Twitter where it's like, you, you stay on there for an hour or two and you're just shocked at where you end up. Um, so I think a big part of that unplugging was just like to remind myself that like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not addicted to this. So I think I needed that. It's every once in a while, you got to take a step back. So it was important. You hit it on the head, man. And I can't even imagine what your mentions look like. And I, I don't know, you just did a great job navigating, man. You, you did a whole lot better than I. And then also too, we owe the world to Andy. That, that dude, that dude is taking <laughs> hey, no, of it. <laughs> I need, I need to have a conversation with Andy at some point about the amount of time he spends arguing with people on there is absurd to me. Like it's unbelievable. I, honestly, I can't, I see it. And like, I don't want to see it. And then sometimes I get like, a musketeer report and I see him doing it on there too. And I'm like, you're doing this on multiple platforms, man. Dude, that's it. I can't get away <laughs> from him, bro. It was on Twitter. I saw, I saw one on Instagram. I was on musketeer report and saw it. And then Facebook, I saw it. And then also the next day, I thought the funniest thing ever. He was arguing with someone about Patrick Ewing. And I saw like some random post, like he can't get enough Xavier. He's arguing about Georgetown. Like, oh my God, he's a maniac. Oh, he's, uh, he's dedicated. He'll certainly go to war with anyone. That's one of the things oh. I like about it. But oh, I'm going to war, <laughs> I think at some point though, like he's got to be able to just like, disengage or not engage at all you know one of the more powerful things I discovered this year is I used to be all about blocking people and I've deviated from that now I think it's so satisfying to me when I mute someone and I think about them sending me dumb tweets that I'm never gonna see or interact with and they think that I'm seeing them that's like the most passive aggressive shit of all time and it makes me smile sometimes so um, that's, that's where I, there, right now there are a small army of idiots out there that I've muted who can, I know, <laughs> continue to tweet at me because when you mute someone and you click on one of your tweets and see the responses, a little box will come up and says, this, this tweet is from an account that you've muted. So it's like, I take great pride in that, knowing that there are so many people out there who want so badly to get under my skin and I, I will never see them again. Never. It's it it. Be such a graveyard. I've literally thought of two memes. I'm going to make them right when we get off here. I thought of two memes specifically just for you. One involves Andy, uh, but I'll, I'll just send those memes your way within probably five minutes. I'll put them in the oven real quick and nuke them. And, and then we oh, run I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> You're doing the Lord. Hey, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here to serve. That, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you said you're having a hard time with people in CentOS. I'll let you go whenever you want. But if you need some intel, I haven't scheduled my shot yet, so um, just let me know, and I can I'll put, I'll put an earpiece on, wear a wire, whatever you need. All right. So I, I do like that. Um, about the shots, though, I got incredibly lucky last week. Last Thursday, I was at Walgreens, and I was just picking up a few things. Um, and a guy comes up to me, a guy who I didn't know, but, you know, you could tell he worked there. And he was like, hey, are, have you gotten your shot yet? And I was like, no. And he was like, are you going to? And I was like, yeah, I'm planning on it. And he was like, do you want one right now? And I was like, yeah. I guess they had three doses of the Pfizer vaccine that were going to be bad in an hour. 
And I, I just jumped on it. I was like, this is perfect. I don't have to schedule anything. I don't have to worry about, I mean, I have to, I have to schedule the second one, but um, it, it was, it was beautiful the way that it worked out. So. <laughs> and they, and they, no say, side yeah, effects. And they say checks don't have a benefit. He's like, he's like, you have like a verified, like, check, like following you over your head, like a halo or something. The halo. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like People the, know. the Sims you know, icon that has you, the green dot yeah. and you just have the check mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you exactly. look at Adam Bomb and you can just tell, like, yeah, that guy's definitely verified. It's more, it's probably just more aura than anything. Like, you just see that smile, that beard. I'm like, that beard can't be unverified, man. That's a verified <laughs> beard right there. <laughs> like, you know, in Space Jam, he's like, when I strike out, it's ugly. It. When you strike out, it looks good, man. My strikeouts are ugly, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb, dude. Always great as usual. Hope this wasn't too bad for you. Hope it was a little therapeutic. Um, just great to have you, man. And, and definitely, it's a dollar, people. Like, it is, an, it is one single dollar. Actually, 99 cents. Or am I, save a penny. Save a penny. 99 cents, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. No. 99 cents. I mean uh, – and, and I'll just say, if if Xavier fans – like, I, I understand, like, I'm not going to make everyone happy out there. Um, like, I know that there are Xavier fans that do not like me, and that's okay. You know, not everyone's going to like me. But what I will say is, like, if you appreciate Xavier coverage – you really have two opportunities to show that support. Either you subscribe to the Enquirer or you subscribe to Musketeer Report. So what I would say is if you're a huge Xavier fan and you want to ensure that there is Xavier coverage, try to subscribe to both. You know, like, uh, you know, I know that there are a lot of media in this town that do a, a lot of good work and cover Xavier, but like me and Rick are really the only people who do it year round full time. So it's like, if you appreciate it, if you enjoy it, if you get something out of it, like let's make sure that it continues for a long time, you know? Yeah. You certainly wouldn't want to come here for sources. It's, it's Rick and it's Adam. <laughs> like we don't no, know anything. No. We're just idiots. So go to the inquire. And honestly, and I think, I think you would do this too. Like, even if they're one of those idiots, like I'm not going to call them idiots. They're one of those people talking to the brick wall of the Adam mute club. You know what I mean? You would still, you know, you're still serving them. You're still making good content. I don't think that, you, you know what I mean? You're still trying to put out content that Xavier fans would appreciate. And man, I'm telling you, like I, I took my couple free articles. I'm not going to lie to you. Like in the beginning, cause like, who can't be free, but man, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Like it is, you do a really, really good job. You go super in depth and for us junkies, like it is like, it's like medicine, bro. It's like literally when I see a new article, like it's one of the few things in the world like that and the Dana victory podcast. Like when I see a new article, like I stop what I'm doing. Like, I'm like, okay, like I, I got, Thanks, like, I got to get my fix, man. Like it's good. It's really, really good. Appreciate it. I'm, it's uh, like seeing a new meme from cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That's it's a not great that bad. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get false drugs you know, to, to give me a call and talk to me. So, you know, Paul's one of those dudes where it's like, you watch the post-game press conferences. He does not want to be there. He does not be doing interviews or talking or answering questions. And I respect that, honestly, because he just wants to play basketball and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, like, I do want to talk to him about why he wanted to come back. And I think Xavier fans would get a kick out of it. But I'm kind of at the – 
I've got my fingers crossed, but I don't know that he's going to hit me up. I do have his cell phone number, but I don't want to abuse that and, and make him hate me or anything like that. So I'm trying to go through the proper channels, you know? Eyes looking emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should I text him that right now? <laughs> right. Five seconds later, yes. Hey, man, when are we talking? Eyes emojis. <laughs> but five minutes later. Better than a winking emoji or something. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Bro, always great as always. I know we went a little over time, man. Hope it was fun. No man. We, we love having you around. Yeah, anytime, guys. It's always a pleasure. Um, you let me know when you need me again, man. You're the man. Home run as always. Bat flip. Love it. Kiss For sure. Us, baby. Let's go, Reds. <laughs> See you guys. Let's go. Have a good night. Good night. See you, Adam. Thanks. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Fellas, where else would we start other than Walter McCronin? Where else could you start? I mean, there's no other place you can start this podcast off with. We've got a lot to catch up on. I just love how his name's Walter. Like Marcus. Yeah, me too. Dude, yeah. imagine. So what's up with the, with the Cronin names? Like, like Hep and Mick? I, just, I don't know. Kind of weird names. Like, if my <laughs> name was Walter, I think Walter's a decent name. I don't know. I'd probably go by Walter. Yeah, I think Walter's fine. Hep, Maybe I don't Walt? understand. I was actually get... having a conversation about Hep's name um, with my friend watching one of their games. And we determined Hep is the sound that you make when you like cross <laughs> paths with a coworker in the hallway and don't know which way to go. Like you oh. both turn the corner, you're like, Hep. Oh, 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 excuse me. <laughs> and you just make like grunts and noises at each other and or say you're at the grocery store and like i don't know you reach in you grab the ham and you like drop it right and then pick it up <laughs> that's that's or true that's an old man like sitting down it's like <clears throat> I'm like an old joe old joe laughlin <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah exactly maybe that's- he just does that a lot I-, I think that's actually an interesting mechanism like we should start naming people based off the noise they make the most so Andy would be just like beeping sounds. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think we got something there. So sure, instead yeah. of Andy pick seventeen, I'm <laughs> pick seventeen. Rest in peace, headphone users. Yeah, it's kind of like you know what I mean, like how the how Washington's the football team now. They're kind of just like breaking the whole mold. Like I say, we just start doing that, and we can all just give ourselves just weird random names. I'm I'm 100 for that, and. You know, if I reproduce one day, I'm definitely going to remember this. <laughs> All right. It's got to be like one, maybe two syllables. You know what I mean? Like we, we can't right. go too far overboard, you know, except Andy's, I guess, is meow. So that's like two, maybe three. Um, be a dog, by the way. But anyway, Mick Cronin <laughs> did things, guys. So I think what he was like four and 13 in the NCAA tournament going into this tournament, wins five games in a row. Um absolutely bonkers and then produced maybe the best basketball game i've ever seen other than the villanova north carolina that one may have been better i mean no i mean the national tape between villanova and north carolina what people forget is the fact that marcus page hit one of the most ridiculous shots in ncaa tournament history just to be overshadowed by chris jenkins with the with the with the notorious xavier play that they stole from us i think the thing that made I think what made it so great is the fact that Gonzaga was was supposed to kill them. I mean, not kill them, but I, I think everyone thought Gonzaga was winning that game by 10 to 18 or so points. I mean, I did. I don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, but- I, I thought Gonzaga would win. There's, You know, I see a bunch of uh, people tweeting out, like, their top five NCAA tournament games. And, I mean, there's definitely a recency bias to some extent. 
But one game that, like, I've always thought has to be, like, near the top is way back in 05, Illinois and Arizona, mm-hmm. when Illinois mounted that, like, tremendous comeback. I watched that in its entirety during uh, quarantine last year when there was no live sports, and I was just, like, blown away at how good that game was. But I think in recent tournaments, it's got to be the Villanova National Championship game and then UCLA, Gonzaga, one and two or one A and one B. They're both sensational. Now, since you bring up that you watched the 05 Illinois Arizona game that you watched over quarantine, does that now get the recency bias? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I think we need someone with a psychology degree to really analyze that. The quarantine bias of that game for Coop. Yeah, we'll call it that. And then is it just me or is part of it just the fact that we had no tournament last year? So it was kind of just like a sight for sore eyes in a way. Like we haven't had a game. I mean, like an amazing game like that in a long time. Like that was just really cool on that stage. Just get such a, I mean, I think we just forgot how amazing the NCAA tournament is. Like it was just this year's NCAA tournament was as fun as I've had in a long time with sports. Until the final game. That's true. It was, but that's the thing though. Like with Twitter, I feel like every game is fun. I mean, obviously it wasn't UCLA Gonzaga. That game was, was everything you could ever want. But, like, I had fun with it still. I don't know. I thought it was still fun. I, mean, I enjoyed um, but, watching Baylor. Like, Baylor was fun to watch no matter sure, what. Lord. Like, yeah, they were hitting nice. everything. Their defensive rotations were ungodly good. Like, they, they were ready to play. And then they were just fucking hitting everything. They were moving the ball around. They were getting open shots. They were hitting them. That was just a really fun team to watch. Gonzaga, on the other hand, just was not. So, I mean, Andy, they played 45 minutes straight of McCrone. I, I know that's tough. I know it's really tough to play like 45 minutes against a guy. <laughs> 45, 45 minutes against a guy that hits his elbow repeatedly. That's really tough to that's really tough to grind against. I guess they're just really not used to the grind of a Mick Cronin schedule. Andy, I'm sure you heard the Mick Cronin uh, soundbite that I think I think the scoop was actually Marcus Walters, uh, friend of the program. Uh, we won. The quick little, you know, soundbite. Did he, in fact, win? I mean, the well, first time I heard that, I was like, that's stupid. And then I watched the Baylor Gonzaga game. I'm like, maybe they won. Did they, in fact, win, Andy Piccarilla? Uh, based on the scoreboard and what I watched, yes. And and the post-game interview, that indicates that they did win. We won. <laughs> we did win. <laughs> Micro, they never lied, bro. Micro, they never mm-hmm. lied. Guys, what the hell? Did you did Los Angeles do to this man? He is not the same, bro. I watched the post game and was like, "Who is this guy?" He's he's different now, dude. I, they just built the in Orange you. County. Now, I mean, I know he went to the Final Four, so um, like he didn't have like the same question, like, "Man, when are you gonna win a big one?" You know, for, for ten years in a row. But dude, he's he's like leveled up a lot. Like, I gotta give it to him. Like I was it's, waiting for the juicy interview, and it was like nothing. Yeah, he's it's a completely different man. I mean, it's Hollywood working him. I don't know if it's just like consistently nice weather. I don't know what he's, it is. He's throwing pool parties now. Andy, did you see that party at Cronin's? Like on the yeah. bus when they were all party at Cronin. Andy, Coop and I were talking about this before the show. What the hell is a Mick Cronin pool party look like? What music is he playing? What food is he cooking? I need to know. I mean, I think he's cooking some Tyson dinosaur chicken nuggets. And <laughs> you think he's that fun? Uh, uh, yeah, he, of course he he's that fun. Is he fun time? Microwave. 
And, and LA, LA Mick Cronin is definitely fun. And he's wow. definitely got some Katy Perry going on, like California well, girls were unforgettable. I think undeniable, uh, Andy. I mean, you learned your Katy yeah, Perry for love it, God. Yeah. Anyway, but but Andy, so that begs the question: What is a Cincinnati McCronin pool party look like? A Cincinnati. I, all right. I was telling I was telling Coop, it's like instrumental, like music on, like the dun 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 dun, like just like I think it's like that or like horror music. He's like cooking like a, a live deer on the grill or something. Like, I think the pool has no water in it. So, like, I, <laughs> like what's a it's Cincinnati? It's just straight from the water hose. There's no chlorine, <laughs> yeah. no nothing. So I, and I it's think an it's indoor a, pool. I think a Cincinnati Mick Cronin pool party is new black eyed peas on and off the plate, and you know, like a half filled pool. It's like a um, like one of those above ground pool is just like a big no tin oh, can yeah. like a giant a, yeah. trash can yeah. and it it has like one volleyball in there not even like a beach ball a volleyball <laughs> and you just yeah, pull would, it out of a tra- like a dumpster down the street and here's the thing see. also with the pool parties especially the one he threw for his UCLA Bruins i mean you have D1 college basketball players that are six foot seven foot, eight, eight foot, foot nine foot tall. And you have Mick Cronin, who is not tall. He's the opposite of that. And so, you know, his pool, you don't want to buy a pool for yourself that you can't even like touch all the way in. So, you know, it's probably like one <laughs> level, like there's no deep end. It's all the shallow end. So the deep end's like five and a half feet. feet. If that, I'm thinking four or five. So then you have like these basketball players that come over and it's like, oh yeah, well, that's great. My knees are wet. Like, it's not really that enjoyable. And you know, is there also, a diving board? and you know, no, there's no, well, way there is a diving board, board but any <laughs> division one basketball player is going to break their neck by jumping off of it. And yeah, it, and that's probably like a violation of sorts. To the Was that the issue with Cincinnati? That could have been, been, honestly. It it could have been. And you know he's swimming with his t-shirt on. Oh, yeah, we had this conversation too. He's definitely a t-shirt swimmer. And we we took it a step further. Well, I took it a step further. Mick Cronin. Now, I don't have a source to confirm this, and I'll try, or I'll have my buddy Marcus try. But you know Mick Cronin is fucking with a t-shirt on. What about socks? Probably. Probably. Wife beater? Definitely a t-shirt. He definitely needs that traction. <laughs> okay, we'll have to. We'll, we'll find out. All right. We'll, we'll get the sources on it. We'll let, you, we'll let all the listeners know how Mick Cronin fucks. Andy, have you ever it's swam or coitus in a t-shirt? In a t-shirt? Yeah. Swam or coitus? Yes, but I won't tell you which one. Both? Okay, so I've been thrown in a pool <laughs> with a t-shirt on. Oh, that's a cap. <laughs> so, by but choice. the other was by choice. Out of boy. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, thank, thank you. I don't want to give it all away. I think everyone at home yeah. is uh, aroused and confused, and that's the way we want them. Uh, okay, and then, guys, all the agendas, by the way. I mean, Twitter would have you believe that Gonzaga is the most overrated team of all time. What the hell is this bullshit? Gonz- so stupid. I, 
And Gonzaga was good as fuck. I mean, they're better than most, like 99.9999969 teams, percent teams they played. That's a lot of teams. Yeah, they're better than everyone except Baylor. And Baylor is better than obviously everybody. Yeah, I, Baylor was just more athletic at every single position on the court last night. Bro, like, it's insane. Like, it's they're, they're def- when I say their defensive rotations were orgasmic, like as a guy that preaches ro- defensive rotations every single day, I was erect the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty great, insane. Andy. <laughs> Good for you, Andy. Good for you. I just think it's insane that like a team that went on that kind of a run uh, could possibly like that overrated. I, I don't know. That, that's just, just kind of nuts to me. And then like that McCrony, I mean, that had to take it out of him. Like all jokes aside, like that is a pretty tough turnaround. Um, and I don't think Houston's terrible, but I don't think Houston's on the same playing field as Baylor or Gonzaga. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had Baylor just, I mean, destroy Houston from the jump. And then, I mean, a relatively easy game, so to speak. And then you have Gonzaga playing their hearts out, holding on for dear life against UCLA. And you're probably emotionally not even over that game yet. I mean, it was the biggest shot in school history. And then you have to turn around and be like, well, just forget about it. We have to prepare for Baylor. By the way, Baylor's three times as good as the team we barely just beat. I mean, I can only imagine how tough that turnaround would be. If there was ever a year to sell the Pac-12 to Gonzaga, it's this year. Like, look at look what it did for an 11 seed. I mean, they took you all the way to the wire. If Gonzaga was in the Pac-12, guys, I'm telling you, they would have won the whole thing by 30. They would have been battle-tested. And, like, I, I think that's very difficult back. to dispute. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like the West Coast Conference held Gonzaga back because they it really didn't because they had a really tough non-conference. So they've seen tough teams before, but – they had not seen a team like Baylor. and Because, like, the five seed they played was Creighton. They're nowhere near as athletic as Baylor is. They had not seen a team that athletic since they played Kansas in November. So, yeah. like, it's it's tough. It's tough, especially when you your, all your energy was taken out by an 11 seed in, in UCLA. Like, how can you – like, how can you even prepare – for a team as athletic at every position and can shoot and move the way they can as the Baylor Bears. I was completely fucking around, by the way, <laughs> about that. Uh, just because the Pac-12 did so good. And, like, I just – I was talking about more of, like, a Bill Walton vibe uh, perspective. I appreciate your actual analytic, analytic analysis there. But I meant just more of, like, having like, the Bill Walton vibe, uh, being a part of the Conference of Champions, the cock, if you will. Um, I just think that would have done them a lot of good. The Bill Walton vibes alone probably gives you another 20-point boost. It's hard and to plus, that. If you're in the Pac-12, then the winner of the conference usually gets an automatic berth into the Rose Bowl at the minimum, so that'd be good for Gonzaga right. football. Now, I don't think that everybody's Xavier football, but I, I do like where your head's at there. And then, exactly. boys, love to see Josh Hart becoming an honorary HBET member. Uh, and, bro, dude, I bought the shit uh, for half, like for literally probably like 10, 20 seconds. I thought the LeBron James with the seven next to it was actually LeBron James. And I was like, what? Um, I should have known when I saw him just tweet AO uh, on, on uh, Bill Raftery saying uh, suck the D. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> still, but Josh Hart, though, big, big suck the D guy. I mean, 
Josh Hart, ever since he's been in NOLA, he's been a big, horny motherfucker. I don't know what NOLA we did stand to him. Josh Hart. I stand Josh Hart. I'm a big Josh Hart guy. Oh, yeah. Always have been. <laughs> Forever will be. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I love the announcing crew, man. Is anything better than Jim's and Joe's, man? It, literally. It, I mean, like, Jim's and Joe's is the best. There are Johns and Berries, but we'll get to we'll get to baseball later. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Good call. Good call. Uh, Andy, what's more important, a Jim or a Joe? I, I'm more of a fan of Jill. Your BFF. Mm. My BFF every night. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. I, I not great commercial back, reference. Th- thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that. Somebody coming through clutch. Appreciate <laughs> Thank that. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Coop knows his Katy Perry knows his 2012 commercials. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, yeah. fellas, it is time for a Roll Blob podcast review of, I think I know Andy's answer here. I want to hear Coop first. Andy, I know your answer. Coop, out of five stars, what are you giving one shining moment? Ooh, you know, that's tough because, you know, after the game, like I'm tired. Like, you know, it was a work night. I had to get up early. But I'm like, it's been two years. Like, I'm not going to go to bed before one shining moment and watch it in the next day. Like, I want to watch it now while it's still, like, fresh. My expectations were incredibly high. And then I think it – Cap, I think you tweeted about it. All you heard were the announcers. Like, I turned up my volume. Like, mm-hmm. why, why aren't they playing the damn song? And then, like, they are playing the song. They're just screaming over it. So, I mean, I like the footage of it. But I think I've seen a lot better. I give it a three out of five. I think that's about. I think that's about right. Andy, where where do you stand and insert rant here? Worst one shining moment of my fucking life. That was <laughs> terrible. And like Coop touched on it, I already heard the commentary. I want to hear the fucking song. Like I do not want to hear Doris Burke and Jim Nance. I just I just listened to them for 45 minutes. One, it was a terrible-ass game that I just sat through because one team didn't fucking show up. And then the then I'm like, all right, I'm waiting 20 minutes after my fucking bedtime because I have to get up to answer people's phone calls all, all the whole fucking day. So I, I'm like, all right, I just got to sit through one, one shining moment. I don't hear one shining moment. All I hear is Jim Nance, Doris Burke, and uh, fucking Clark Kellogg the entire time while I watch highlights of the tournament I just spent three weeks watching. I want to hear the goddamn song. And, bro, they did us dirty again, bro. It was a long-ass wait for one shining moment. Oh, it was way too long. Oh, my God, bro. I will like... say the, the coolest part of it, I guess, was probably the Grand Canyon player that they focused on for a minute. Oscar, yeah. What is it, Oscar Freyer, um, who – was like killed in a car accident a few days after their tournament game. So that, that was a cool like moment, I guess. But I mean, we did have to wait some time for the presentation. Bro, I think like we could have made 15, one ourselves quicker. Like I don't need oh, to like, decompress. I don't need to decompress the game. Like I'm cool with, like I'm cool with that story, obviously. But like, I feel like there's a lot of just like stats and crap. Like bro, Gonzaga got blown the fuck out. Like, we don't need – I don't know. Like, we don't need 20 minutes of analysis. Like, you know what we're here for. You like, knew for 45 minutes who the winner was going to be. Get it ready. Yeah, I know. And then yeah. also, too, yeah. my, like, my, my serious review, 
I'm not trying to be an old head or anything here. Was it just me or like all the cuts really quick? Like, it, I feel like it was on like a piece of footage for like a second or two. You know what I mean? Like half the time yeah, I was like. It would show teams celebrating in the locker rooms and you couldn't, like it wouldn't stay on the clip long enough to even read the name on the jersey. Yeah. It's like, I don't know and if like, that was Ohio. I don't know if that's Abilene yeah. Christian. And I mean, well, portions, I did because of the colors, but colorblind people, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You're clearly alienating the colorblind population, which I'm not having. I know Coop's not having it. And then I, I I'm think not having going it. for, no, we're not having it. Andy, are we having it? Consensus? No. The, the, the 100% consensus we, is we yes. are the we're opposite of having it. We are Let's the opposite it. of having it. Fuck, we're losing. Fuck you, anti colorblind people. We are losing it. Yeah, yes. fuck you, NCAA. <laughs> fuck you, anti-colorblind piece of shit. But I see what they're going for. It was like continuous action. Like we're trying to show like the same, like three people doing the same thing with it. You know what I mean? Whatever. But I was just like, I felt like it was too fast. Like, let me let me see the moment. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think they're probably trying to show a bunch of different stuff so everyone feels included. But just felt like it was too quick. And we we already just- established the all-inclusive tournament does not work. <laughs> could you could you imagine a one shining moment for an all inclusive tournament? <laughs> At least we make it, bro. It is painful, and I don't know. We try. I try not to like look too much through a Xavier lens. It's hard watching another one shining moment without my X Men in it. It's tough. No, it is. And I was able it's to decom- I was bad. able to compartmentalize most of the tournament and like not think about Xavier. It was hard to watch one shining moment and again be like, man, I'm not gonna see anything Xavier in this the entire time. Well, it's hard yeah. to watch one shining moment when you hear the entire commentary over it instead of the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not happy. Uh, I'm pissed. <laughs> I waited two years for that. Two yeah. entire years. And then you hear the fucking song. I had to listen to it on Spotify. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty why bad. didn't you just which, listen to our intro of Roll Blob Podcast, <laughs> which includes One Shining I think, Moment? I think our intro was better than the One Shining Moment, I'm going to say it. Oh, I'd agree. It definitely is people more hyped. I would say without question. All right, I need a gauge on where we stand. Which version of One Shining Moment are we about here? Not that one. <laughs> are you the David Barrett version? Are you Luther Vandross instrumental? Where do we stand here? Re, I've heard remixes. Where do we stand? Which which version? I'll start. I'm Luther, I'm a Luther Vandross guy. I like their David Barrett's version a lot too, and that's my childhood. But I, I think I might be Luther Vandross. I'm picking one. I will say I'm a Dave one just because that's one the that's the one that introduced. It's a classic. Me. It, it's a like, classic. Because when I first really heard One Shining Moment, it was the intro to NCAA March Madness 2005 for PlayStation Two. And that's and like I remember like we're my, my brother Dude. and I were jamming out to that song after we won the NCAA championship with Xavier because you know like it happens all the time, uh, and so we won the NCAA championship with Xavier and we like they were playing that song while we were celebrating, and my dad walks down I was like you know they play this after the actual national championship right, and <laughs> I'm like they do what so ever since we stayed up. To like four thirty in the morning when they finally played it, and right. but it was always that version until recently. So Andy, I had a March heart. Madness, I had a March Madness playlist just to get hyped for like games and stuff. And part of it is going on YouTube and finding the soundtrack of that video game and listening <laughs> to that soundtrack. It was uh, fire. It was actually really good because all like the band instrumentals, right? And oh, then yeah, and then yeah. one shining moment. It's like one shining moment, and then like 
hanging by a moment instrumental, like a bunch of different instrumentals. Like that game puts, dude, I played, I played more hours of that game than probably like Halo 3. Like I played so much March Madness 2005. It's not even funny. With the Mecha Oka 4 on the cover. Oh my yeah, exactly. God. Oh my God. I played a shit ton of 06 too. And then Call of Duty 2K8. But I don't know if I've ever played more than one single video game than March Madness 2005. That the second it boots on, it puts me in a place. I was addicted. Oh, oh my god! And like dude, the I, best part was like if you go in the main menu, if you go to NCAA tournament, you get seven seed Xavier against ten seed mm-hmm. Louisville. The start of the run. I know. It was it was beautiful. That game was fantastic. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. I have a dynasty. It's in like year 2022 with UMBC, <laughs> and we're six star and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, our coach's name is Seat Seapas, who's a, uh, a tennis player. Um, yeah, me, me and my brother, Seat Seapas, we got UMBC being a dynasty. Okay, anyway, <laughs> enough of uh, my dynasty mode of 2005 March Madness. Uh, okay, my last college basketball question, and then I'll, I've been delaying the inevitable here. You can't tell. I've been, I've been stalling because there was a big baseball game tonight, per sources. Uh, my last question, in or out on Miley Cyrus' halftime show? <laughs> you know, I'm always inside Miley Cyrus. Oh, but my God. Uh, out on- oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly, I did not watch any of the halftime show, so I have no idea. But if oh it's Miley God. Cyrus, I'm probably, I'd like to be in. <laughs> you two. It, you too, Coop? Jeez. Miley Cyrus, right, well, I, yeah. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll move on. That's I, my are childhood, you, are, man. Are you trying to be perverted like Andy, or are you actually being serious? Perverts, perverts. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't watch the show. I have no idea. Okay, okay. It was just Twitter was going ape shit, like attacking Miley Cyrus, and I personally don't enjoy Miley Cyrus that much. Like, I think I there's a couple decent songs. Um, and, but she didn't even play. Part oh, of the I haven't USA. heard her music. I don't how, have. A clue. How are you gonna have a, a Miley Cyrus concert without part of the USA on it? That, wait, that wait, 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 hold up. There was music. Did you listen to it, Andy? Yes. Yeah, uh, no. It was Look, on the sound okay, TV. Baseball was on the sound TV. Okay, they played. They so they had Miley Cyrus to perform at the Final Four between games. Nah, I just hmm. watched Miley Cyrus. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Andy and I agree. Like, yeah, Miley Cyrus is great. However, we have not heard her music. Okay, yet. okay. You too, man. You guys have just been watching baseball. <laughs> well, then I'll give my review then. Okay, since no one here watches college basketball anymore. <laughs> I was watching baseball and Miley Cyrus OnlyFans. Like, what could be better? I'm out <laughs> here on College Hoops Island over here. Fuck. God damn it. See, the, and I was going to say this, but it clearly this is just me. Like, did you guys, like, the championship was over and then, like, the station goes to, like, the local news? And I was just, like, really sad <laughs> for, like, 10 minutes. I mean, your, your oh. meme was fucking hysterical. <laughs> I, mean, I, did, I did watch Twice the local three. news. Like, then I was like, oh, shit, it's time for bed. Because it's just such a, like, a dopamine drop. Like, and I'm out in Kentucky. Like, I actually kind of like the local news in Cincinnati. But, like, it's such a like, boring, like, news station. So, like, it was just, like, one shining moment. It wasn't great. But, like, one shining moment, like, college basketball, like, final bracket. And then, like, this just, like, crappy, random K- Kentucky stories. I'm like, oh, real life is a bitch. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, it was a great tournament. It's just, like, can we just run it back, dude? Like, can we just start with a fresh bracket and do it all over again? It was so fun, bro. There's nothing like those first oh, couple yeah. days, bro. Like, oh, that's what I started over, man. And plus, it's so cool, too. Like, you have a ton of fun with the NCAA tournament. The weather's nice as shit now. It's like 75 degrees outside. Yeah. The sun is shining. COVID is, like, becoming 
less life's of a threat. Good. People are life's getting good, and it's baseball season. <laughs> no, I said life's getting good. Exactly, just like the <laughs> Reds' offense. So oh, the Reds' fuck. offense is off to an incredible start. Andy saw it with his own two eyes today. Through the first five games, the Reds have scored forty-six runs off of fifty-five hits. In just five games, it's a franchise record. They're historically good, and is frozen. <laughs> oh, there he is. The, the only thing he's here for, he's frozen. <laughs> Andy, you back? We back, baby. Oh my god, it's just like baseball, and I'm like, I got nothing, bro. Like it's, it's because it's, it's like it's funny because like if I ever don't talk like immediately, like I know it's gonna be Andy, like. Like, I'm like, where is he? Like, is, is right up your alley, broski. <laughs> this is my Miley Cyrus. I, I have no idea what's going on. It was like the thing that I was eating tricks and like the, and he like froze. I'm like, <laughs> hold on, guys. Like, come on. Keep talking. I'm still chewing. Tricks are uh, pretty good. I miss tricks. It's fucking but, good. Tricks are for kids. Yeah, tricks are for kids. Silly rabbit. Oh, but like, I mean. But Andy. They've completed more diamonds than the other team today. 13 more diamonds were completed. Yeah, and that one diamond that the other team completed was a fluke. It didn't really happen. Uh, that was a line drive. Any other ballpark would have been gone. It would have been in the park. So it didn't complete a full diamond. Uh, sure. But, I mean, so I got there, and I'm walking in, and so I got there late. Tyler Aikman's already hit his first home run of the day. Man, he is like they call him, the Indians fans called him Tyler Rakin for a reason. That dude can hit. And then Senzel comes in, gets his first hit of the season. RBI single, Jonathan India, death taxes, Jonathan India getting an RBI hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, he got two or three hits Everything's today. Clicking. Mo- moves to seeing the ball really well. Really, what's best is the fact that. We're doing this well, and Suarez has been shit. Suarez yeah. is one of our best hitters, and he's been doing nothing. Yeah, he's been doing very, very little. And it's cool, too. You take away opening day, and the biggest question mark going into the season was what? The starting rotation. And overall, it's done really, really good. The offense is historically good, but the starting rotation is I mean, really been an underrated part of this season so far, minus the opening inning for Castillo. But And that opening I mean, inning was from our best pitcher, out. who you know is going to be good. Yeah, it was 35 degrees on opening day. Like, give him a break. But, yeah, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun team to watch. I, I don't want to make any overreactions five games in. But, I mean, right now, I mean, you'll take any good stretch of Cincinnati sports you can get. I'm loving yeah. it. I will say it, it's just been fun. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm going to throw a bunch of money on the Reds to make the playoffs or win the World Series, but it's just been a fun week of baseball. Like, baseball is back. It's sunny out. It's warm, and they're doing well. Like, I was talking to my friend the other day, like, is there any better sport for your team to be hot in than Major League Baseball? Yes. (laughs) Like, it's just day after day. Like basketball, you have to wait two or three days for your team to play again. Football, you have to wait an entire week. Like baseball, it's day in, day out. Like your, your team scored eight runs. All right, let's do the same fucking thing tomorrow. It's fun as hell. That's a fair point, guys. I had a revelation. 
I, so Coop said the word diamonds. I don't know what about that word triggered it, but I had a baseball dream last night. So maybe I'm coming oh, wow. around. Uh, yeah. A robot baseball game? I forgot about it until he said the word diamonds. I don't know what, what, uh, we, maybe we we're talking about diamonds in my dream. I don't know, but maybe Cap's coming around. Um, All right, guys. It's, how- it's official. Robob is going to a baseball game next week. Field of dreams, boys. It's a hell thing. yeah, I'm down. I would actually, that actually really, really fun. Uh, but how many times do you see Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh by two touchdowns? I mean, Coop was the first on the scene, but you don't see that very often. Yeah, that's true. It's very I mean, rare. It- I, I saw us beating Pittsburgh by two touchdowns. They ended up giving up that lead and losing the game, but at one point we were beating them by two touchdowns. That's a pretty good lead. Enough. So, Cap, back to this baseball dream. Fuck. What, like, what was it about? I'm sorry, field? baseball nightmare. I'm sorry. It's baseball nightmare. Okay. Was okay. it a field of dreams? No, it was actually a really good dream. Uh, I was dipping in, in the dream, and I've never dipped before. Um, dipping I don't dots? know why. Not, no, not dots. No. <laughs> <laughs> Grown-up version of that. It's weird because – all right, I never thought I'd be talking about my dream on a podcast. But the two sports I've played the least, soccer and baseball. I've had soccer and baseball dreams this week. Really weird. I've never had a soccer dream before. My first one ever. I've had quite a few baseball teams. I actually loved playing baseball. Um, so it was like it was like a practice, Coop. It was kind of like we uh, talking about practice. We talking about the robot podcast. We talking about practice. We're not talking about real life. We talking about the dream. We are not talking about the game. We talking about <laughs> practice. <laughs> I'm talking about a practice dream, a baseball practice dream. Uh, on a podcast. <laughs> the worst. Uh, but in my head. Um, I remember a buddy was chewing some big league chew, obviously a classic, um, can't get enough big league chew. And then I was playing second base and I actually had a drop. It was like a big bloop in the outfield and I, I dropped it. Um, yeah. Cut unfortunate. Him. Yeah. I got unfortunate. you. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's uh, funny that the word diamonds triggered it. When you said that diamonds reminded you of that, I wasn't expecting you to talk about baseball. I was thinking diamonds, like, Diamonds, diamonds of Dayton, forever. Diamonds of Atlanta, yeah. uh-huh. like strip clubs, like a horny place to be, just like Florida International University. So you're saying baseball's not horny? Yeah. Not I mean, to the – I mean, you have balls, you have second base, like I, you have no all FIU. that stuff. Like, I must but say – But, yeah, it is not FIU. I must no. say, death, taxes, cats, balls dropping. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. Print, yeah, print the T-shirts. Okay, I'm not here to attack anybody. How the fuck is Broken Echo trying to take our, our horny shirt? It's not their idea. But, it's our idea. Get out of here. Well, I, I I think they're off the market now. Damn right they're off the market. That's like that's like Andy tweeting out Baylor hardly know. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Oops. It's a good tweet. I mean, they won the championship. Hardly knowers won the championship. The Baylor hardly knowers won the championship. I don't know. Yeah. Because I tweeted, I'm like, oh, as soon as I tweeted, I'm like, oh, God, that's probably what Jason had in his mind. It was in the chamber, bro. I was like, like, ready. But I I was like, I tweeted it. I was like, oh, fuck. I I was like, I've already tweeted 50 times tonight. Fuck it. I was suspended for the entire day. Like, let me have that one. <laughs> yeah, that was your moment. That was your moment. I'm like, okay, he's got it. I got to retweet this. Like, Andy needs to pick me up. Um, 
and because Andy, you've been the martyr many a time. That's what we talked about with Bomb today. Um, you've been the martyr, so we owe you. Like, we got to pump it back in. Uh, so this is like you see us on Instagram all the time. You need to check on your strong friends. I mean, Andy's been the one taking on the chin, so we got to take it on the chin for Andy every once in a while. Give him a retweet. Yeah, give him a pity tweet. <laughs> we got we got to help him out. Um, <laughs> holy fuck, man! It has been a fun fucking week, man. God damn. A lot of shit. And then, obviously, FIU's. I mean, FIU, I'm not going to say they're full chance yet. They're not all the way to coastal level, but they're my second team coming into this season, boys. You got to go with I mean, Forty. How could you root against Florida International knowing they have a special teams coordinator named Casey <laughs> Horney? And, and the fact that they hired this man and made a graphic and – they didn't just like show a picture of him and like maybe just add the tweet. Yeah, that's the best. Welcome, part. Coach Horn. It's a huge graphic with horny and huge letters, and it says Casey Horny. <laughs> like you cannot <laughs> scroll past that. It's impossible to scroll past that. It well, has it's like fifteen thousand likes on it right now, and FIU. I mean, they probably don't even have fifteen thousand followers. Like that's probably more than their enrollment. Like it's incredible. <laughs> All I think is, like, how many graphics do you see for special teams coordinators? Like They went out of their way to make this. You know, oh, they're like, no all right, we hired this guy. We got we to gotta make this shit pop. We know that there's a podcast out there that blo- where blobs roll, and they love horniness. They're going <laughs> to love this. We got to get it to them. Absolutely. And it's easily, so I'm looking at it right now. Horny is by far the biggest word. Like, it's three times bigger than the first name. Uh, and, it's, and it's right in the center, and it's easily the biggest word. Like, the, like right when you look out of your eyes, go right to horny. Um, and all the replies are phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. So, the tweet, the FIU football tweet, has 15,500 likes, 10,000 retweets, 1,277 uh, replies here. Absolutely bonkers. It has... It, it's got action and just so their most recent tweet has 41 likes just for oh, wow. <laughs> just for context here um i'm scrolling i've seen 50 i've seen like 15 tweets not one above 100 likes and uh coach horny's got 15 and a half <laughs> ratio <laughs> that big ratio yeah if you want to see a clinic uh in replies that is that is definitely one to go and find and also paul pierce as well a good day for horny Twitter horny. the last couple of days yeah, you definitely should have bought stock a few days ago on Horning Twitter because it's been a good couple of days. Dude, and the it, most it's fun- funny too because Paul Pierce, you know, there he is with a bunch of strippers and everyone's hating on him like, you know, he loses a job with ESPN and, oh, you're not being a good role model, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the man's initials are PP. Like he's allowed <laughs> to do these things. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was thinking like I was thinking there's a meme there like last night. I was thinking of a meme that I couldn't I couldn't put the pieces together. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect the guy to do? His name's PP. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. I was thinking of like Pokemon. We get like PP. Like you don't have enough PP for that move. I was thinking something along mm-hmm. those lines, but couldn't quite put the pieces together. You can't force it. Um, it'll come to me. Um, PP yeah. is a pun. Come to me. You know. Um, but anyway, good stuff. But yeah, Paul Pierce, bro, like absolutely wild, bro. Especially I thought this was the funniest part too. You said this. For like 340 viewers, like risking it all. You 
<laughs> like you couldn't even get like a couple thousand like to nah. risk everything you know what I mean like damn uh, I saw I saw one comment that said the biggest crime is he has strippers with no ass that's also <laughs> that's also true I wasn't that impressed with the, you know the talent there I mean it I mean it wasn't horrible, uh, you know like, I didn't, I didn't for them? look I didn't look at the talent he had surrounding him. I consider myself a man of faith. <laughs> Castellanos. I fried myself. Deep drive. Oh, my boy. I don't know if I'll be oh. putting on these AirPods again for Robot <laughs> Podcast, but. <laughs> That's fucking great. I, I just thought it was hilarious to risk it all there. And, uh, yeah, especially when you have stuff to lose. I mean, if it's, like, future, it's, like, this is what he makes music about. You know what I mean? Like, no one's shocked. Uh, that this right. is what's going on, but like Paul's dude, like you're on ESPN, like you're you're like, on NBA the jump. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if, bro, did you see the where Rachel Nichols at comment? Oh man, <laughs> like someone got the <laughs> screenshot of someone asking where Rachel Nichols was at, and I <laughs> fucking lost it. Oh man, well, that's a valid question. I mean, it could have been just in general, like if he had talked, you know, if he had talked to her previously, right? Um, like where yeah. is she currently? You know, we're, maybe all she cur- we're, we're all just curious. Yeah, you never know. Um, I have a random question, kind of going back to Coach Horny. Like, in all reality, like, like let's be honest for five seconds, you don't change your name. Like, I mean, I'm being dead ass serious. <sighs> like, is that a name you're yeah. gonna pass down to children? Like, because we chose I mean, the Horny. Life. But now, what would what does children's know, name be? <laughs> like, Barry. I, <laughs> <laughs> Perpetually. <laughs> oh my goodness! Unbelievably, <laughs> undeniably, <laughs> irresistibly. Julie. Oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. We don't know what to do anymore, so we just say bullshit. We don't know how to close <laughs> shit. Oh no! This this might it might be airplane season after that. Uh, it, you know it, it's sad for whoever came to listen to Adam Bomb cheers inside with their favorite college basketball team, and then stayed listening for this, and here we are. Sorry, and just for that, <laughs> I'm gonna put Adam Bomb at the end. Oh no! No, <laughs> no the fuck you're not. <laughs> Roll Bob, sell stock now. Oh fuck! <laughs> it's so bad. We're gonna sit here and talk to us about like uh, talking about talking about horny and hearing Kobe chewing a chew toy in the background. He knows it's time, dude. He he's doing us a favor and saying, "Dude, I gotta take you guys out of your misery, man." Like this is better than that. It was like he that's his cue for airplane noises. Taking one. For How the do team. we end the podcast? Airplane noise. Someone do it. And... Well, do we have a-